What's up, everyone? Welcome to episode 125 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. As always, I'm your host, Derek Bittner, and this week I'm joined by John Cartwright, and a mythical creature has appeared. Andre Ooh. Seeger's back in the flesh. I believe this is the first time since, what, September, Andre? I, 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 I'm here. <laughs> I, I don't know how long it's been. Um, I don't know about flush though. That's that's debatable, considering how much uh, <laughs> how crazy my schedule's been with smashing everything. So mm-hmm. I'm here in some form. You're you're in there in a spiritual sense, <laughs> which is fitting. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but yeah, I don't think we've had you on here since about September because I remember you went to Disney World with your family, and you had never got the chance to talk about that. <laughs> no, I didn't. I know, and I want to talk about it because. It was a really good trip. It was super fun. I hadn't been to Disney World in three years, I think. Um, maybe longer than that, three, four years. Uh, whereas I used to go as a kid, like, one, you know, every year. Um, yeah, so it was super fun to go there. Uh, check out some of the new rides, like the new Toy Story Land they have with a with a deceptively awesome slinky roller coaster, uh, which, is, which is, of course, right next to the best ride in the world, being Tower of Terror. <laughs> um... <laughs> And also, I, I like how I mentioned the Slinky Coaster first. I also got to go on the new, uh, I got to check out the new Pandora world, World of Pandora, uh, with the new, which has like a state-of-the-art uh, avatar ride, and that is amazing. Like, that is just pretty mind-blowing with how they pulled it off, making it, like, it's it's a simulator ride, which, a lot, you know, a lot of people kind of, like, are actively against, particularly at Universal Studios, because they just throw simulators everywhere, but this is like a next-level simulator, to the point where it doesn't feel like a simulator, it feels like you're actually riding a banshee <laughs> on the world of Pandora, so it's awesome, it's great. Yeah, it's awesome. I, I haven't been able to go to Disney World in quite a long time, and it's good to see that the Pandora stuff is actually fun, because nowadays it's like, nobody talks about Avatar. Yep. <laughs> But they will with Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. He's been talking about that for years, so I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> Since the first one. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I've, I've never been to Disney World. I've been to Disneyland in Paris a few times, but I, I hear it's greatly inferior. So one day, I've got to go to Disney World. <laughs> so Disneyland Paris is a weird one. Uh, the Disneyland Park itself is actually beautiful, the Disneyland Paris Park. like That's uh-huh. that's really well. Uh, that's just a really well-done park in general. It has some issues, but I think they've been uh, clearing those up. Uh, overall, that is a great park, though. So you, so uh, you got a good experience if you went there. The Disney Studios Park is hot trash, though. <laughs> that <laughs> park is kind of a disaster. Um, I don't know what they were thinking with when they built it. I think they're actively trying to improve that as well now. Um, so yeah, I would not. That's, I mean, that probably is the worst Disney park in the world. So I would not base, um, you know, the, I would not use that as a template for anything else Disney. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear Disney Sea in Japan is really good. I'm not sure. I'm not. It is. Yeah, that's. A lot of people consider that like one of the best Disney parks, if not the best. I, I think it's really cool. I don't think it's quite... It's, it's not my favorite, but it's a really cool park, and it has um, a lot of unique rides. Although the best ride in the world... Well, one of the best rides in the world, I should say. <laughs> um, that's only at Tokyo Disneyland, is the Winnie the Pooh ride. And that ride is fantastic. It has no right to be as good as it is, but it's amazing. It actually feels like you're going on like an... Uh, an LCD trip as Pooh's on his honey bender or whatever. So. Oh my god. <laughs> Somebody laced the honey. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh god. What is it with Winnie the Pooh and being deceptive? There's this yeah. flash game, um, it's a baseball flash game with Winnie the Pooh, and it's ridiculously hard. Like, it's way too hard for its target audience. <laughs> <laughs> I heard people I hate Christopher Robin because he is, rid- like, the hardest part of that hard game. <laughs> right, yeah. He has these, like, crazy curveballs. He just can't beat him. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty wild. 
so what else have you been up maybe, to, Andre? Oh, wait. Oh, hold on, real quick. Maybe it was built in the spirit of, like, classic NES Disney games, which were also impossible. So, like, maybe. Yeah, DuckTales. <laughs> I never beat that as a kid, so. Oh, I beat DuckTales as a kid, and I remember Lion King people, like, the, the developers specifically oh, God. said that they made that can't wait to be king level hard because they wanted kids to keep renting the game. They were told to make that, that level that's, harder than it was. That's Damn. a second level in the game, too. Mm-hmm. And it might as well be the first, because the first level is like 10 seconds long. So, that yeah, that was brutal. But hey, it worked. I rented that stupid game like five times. I don't know why. I don't even think it was a, it was particularly good or fun, but I just had to get past a stupid <laughs> I can't wait to be king level, so... Uh, I eventually man. got through that one, but then you got to the uh, Wildebeest Stampede and, oh, screw that level. And when I finally got past that level as a kid, I was so happy. And then it just keeps getting harder and harder. I somehow beat that game. I have no idea how. Maybe with the uh, cheat, the, no. the stage select code. I don't think so. All right, I'm impressed. I remember even the scar fight being complete BS. Like, I yeah, no I idea. remember that. I guess it was basically no, it was basically Smash Brothers actually. But you had to throw them off the cliff, which I think is something I didn't even realize as a kid. Like, I was just beating on them. I'm like, why aren't you dying, Scar? <laughs> get out of here. Yeah, that was the that was the tough part for me because I could never get that throw move down, and then I realized, oh no, I have to toss them off like in the movie, and I just couldn't make it happen. Like, I was beating the crap out of them, but I couldn't get them off the cliff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the Lion King, uh, how do you feel about the live action version, Andre? Oh man, <laughs> it's I, I'm so conflicted. But on the one hand, like it looks beautiful, like that is some oh. amazing CG. Like I, I know they're not officially calling it a live action movie, which they shouldn't be, but that's what everyone is calling it. But it's very much in the same line as their li- their other live action movies. But it's all CG, completely CG, and it, from a technical sense, it's fantastic. But, like, mm. if you take a look at any of those head-to-heads people have done showing, from the trailer, it's basically a scene-by-scene recreation of at least the opening of the movie. I'm sure it'll differ later on. But, um, like, if you if you compare it to the original, like, it's missing so much of the heart and soul, I feel like. It just, uh, I, it, it loses so much of the spirit and energy of the original. And maybe it'll work better in the full context. But, yeah, seeing it head-to-head, I'm like, man, they lost out on the artistic vision of the original. And... Especially when they're doing it as like almost a scene by scene remake again, at least for the intro. I, I wish they had you know diversified it more or like done something different. Like don't emulate the original if you're making what looks like a worse version in some ways. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm curious. I'll definitely check it out uh, because Disney owns my wallet apparently. <laughs> um, but I I don't know. Like. It, it, it's weird. I mean, I, I feel like if they're going to remake it, they should make it as different as possible because what's the point otherwise? Yeah, like the CG is super good. Um, I don't think that's going to age badly at all. It, they look real. Like they, they they look like real lions. Yeah. But that's not really the point, though. Um, they they do look real, but when you put it against the original Lion King, that has such a vibrant world, yep. and it still looks artistically brilliant today. Um, whereas this film just looks it looks real. You know, it it looks like it has drab colors. It um. It just kind of loses that fantasy vibe you get from the Lion King. Uh, yeah, and I, I I tweeted that it looked like uh, the Lion King and uh, Lion King and Unreal. <laughs> the Lion King yeah, and totally. Unreal Engine. <laughs> yeah, totally. I was watching a um, a Metro Prime recreation in in Unreal, and it's impressive that people can do this like as a side project. But when you put it like up against the original, um, even though it's like in HD and there's so many effects going on, you just it's missing something. It does it does. It, you can tell it isn't made by you know a professional. A video game artist, like a team of artists. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's the soul. Something that the soul's missing when you just sort of put effects onto it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, the one thing about the Lion King remake that I've recently found out, I'm like, well, this is just going to be an objectively bad, bad uh, worse movie. Like, there's elements that could be great, but I found out that they're not including Be Prepared. And the fact that they cut Why? that no. song. Why? I have no idea. It's so good. And it's I, like one of the best songs in the movie. They, they should have cut the they, they should have cut the uh, the I feel the love tonight song instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess can you imagine um, like CG lions just marching around? Maybe maybe that's why they doing cut it. yeah goose stepping. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess, yeah. but they can still like that's if they're trying to make it one for one. Do something different, but man, how are they going to do? Uh, I can't wait to be king sequence. I mean, that was all about like bright colors and uh, just insane animation. I don't know how they're going to capture that in CG. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, actually, speaking of which, I feel like it's going to be weird seeing any of these creatures talk. <laughs> you know, like they're so realistic yeah. looking. It's gonna be jarring because we haven't seen that yet. We heard, we heard talking, but we didn't see any actual like lips moving, moving or anything. True. Um, yeah, the Jungle Book didn't, but it pulled it off quite well, I think. The Jungle Book, but mm. yeah, I guess with the Jungle Book though, you're playing off a human as well, mm. and when it's just animals talking the whole time, it might look weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, coming in 2030, Zootopia remake in live action. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Oh gosh, I don't know about this one. I have to see another trailer to really decide. But I, I've skipped most of the three, like the live action Disney remakes. The only one I've actually seen is uh, Jungle Book, I believe. Which was okay. yeah, they, they feel redundant most of them. Like <clears throat> yeah, the Jungle Book is okay, um, but it's not something I want really want to watch again. Um, my my fiance loves Beauty and the Beast for some reason. I can't stand that remake. <laughs> you know, I, I will I will admit I actually enjoyed the uh, the remake of it. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, it's, I think I, it's I, the singing I don't like. Like Emma Watson, uh, just like you, you can tell they've edited her voice quite severely, and it doesn't. That's really totally true. Well. Yeah, and you're totally you're totally right there. I absolutely agree with that. I think um, the part I like this is a slight spoiler, but it's Beauty and the Beast, so everyone knows how the story goes. The part I actually really like that they added that was really kind of dark was near the end uh, like how all the uh, beast servants like they resign themselves to being uh, to turning into these to turning into inanimate objects completely I'm like oh crap this is this is dark this is like they're gonna be stuck in this form I mean not just in that form like they're gonna become nothing I'm like wow that's that that sucks <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I guess Beauty and the Beast isn't the worst uh, Cinderella was just really boring <laughs> oh man I, mean, I forgot that even existed Oh yeah, I mean, I think everyone has. It, it's just it was made. Um, it's not even really one for one with the original. They kind of went their own way, um, but to a bad extent. Like it's just really <laughs> boring to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm, the people keep giving Disney money, money, so they're going to keep doing this. And yeah. I feel like Disney's more recent movies have started to feel. I mean, I say this and I still see them, but like they start to feel like more by the numbers, you know, more soulless. And I would apply, I would extend that to. Star Wars, you know, Star Wars as well, even where they made a trilogy without having any idea where they were going to go with it, and <laughs> look where they're at now. So, mm. yeah, we'll see. But I mean, Wreck-It Ralph was pretty good. <laughs> I did get mm. to see that last weekend. That surprised me. I was expecting to be hot trash. That was really good. Mm. The trailers are trash. Like the, tra- <laughs> the trailers look awful. Um, the same was actually kind of true for a lot of their trailers. Like Zootopia had kind of meh trailers, but. Um, yeah, they, I think they, they use licensed songs a lot in their trailers, and it, it just gives the movie a really weird vibe. But when yeah. you actually go and see it, they tend to be great. Um, I've not seen Wreck-It Ralph 2 yet, by the way, and um, I don't know, I'm, I'm still kind of put off of the idea. I mean, I've, I've heard it's great, but 
um, taking a, a, a movie about video games and sort of taking out the video games just seems weird to me. <laughs> so I don't want to spoil. Any, I won't spoil anything. Uh, it, it has more. It has more to do with video games than I expected it would at first. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's still. I mean, it's still largely based around the internet, obviously. But there's more to do ga- with games than I thought, and uh, I actually prefer the pacing of this one versus the first one. I I liked the first half of Wreck-It Ralph one. But once it got to the Candyland, like that that movie as well, almost forgot it was a video game movie. Like it was, mm-hmm. a, it became a movie based on the board game Candyland almost. Um, so yeah, so I, I think two actually is a. I, I would actually say it's a better movie overall for me. Oh mm-hmm. wow, wow! So yeah. when it's based off on the internet, is it based on like memes or is it, is it stuff that would be dated in a few years? It's, oh, it's one hundred percent gonna be dated. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. totally gonna be dated. There's aspects that gonna be dated, but I will say like I I, I need to see it again to determine whether I like the first one or the second one more. Um, but there is a part in there about YouTube that, or just being a YouTuber that's just like, I don't know about you, Andre, but that was like, oh God, it's my Oh life. no, it got to me. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it, no, there was one part in there that I think will speak to us more than most people. Um, it's, it's actually a very brief moment in the movie, uh, but it, it was cool. I'm like, oh, that's, that's neat. So no, I think this is actually a movie you probably want to see sooner rather than later only because it, it's going to depreciate, I think, as a movie mm-hmm. given the... The more dated the references get, so mm-hmm. uh-huh. I will say though, it has probably one of the best puns I've ever seen in my life. Oh, oh, yes! I think I know what you're talking. Wait, I, I will just let me just say I, I don't want to spoil it. It's internet related though, right? Yes, it's during that. Yeah, it was during that, that montage. It, yeah, how did no one think of that one earlier? I have I no yeah. idea, but it is so, so good. perfectly timed and paced. I yep. lost it. I'm like, oh my god, that's brilliant. If we're talking about the same one, it was so subtly slipped in there too. I think that I think a ton of people might have even missed it. So maybe, but man, yeah. I I I loved it. Although the princess scene is the best scene. <laughs> yeah, that that also is great. So mm-hmm. yeah, you should check it out John. <laughs> it's pretty good. I'm tempted to more enjoyable than you'd think. Cool. I want to see um, Spider-Man into the, into the Spider-Verse as well, though, and I think that might have priority over this film because it, <laughs> it looks really really good. It's also um, getting really good reviews, like exactly. Across the it's, board. it's got one hundred on Rotten Tomatoes at the moment. Yeah, which yeah, yeah. is insane. That is nuts. Um, I, I still, I actually know almost nothing about that movie. Like, why, why are all the Spider Men coming together? The Spider People, I should say. Um, it looks like some evil guy has this sort of reactor thing, and it's just sort of making all the universes collide. I mean, I, okay. I, I don't know either. I've only watched trailers. Is it, but... is it Galim? Yeah, causing issues. Yeah, yeah, it could be. <laughs> no, from the trailer, it looked like King, uh, Kingpin. It was setting this all up. So, all right. see. Too bad the show just got canceled. Yeah, exactly. Daredevil was <laughs> gone. Netflix is cleaning house, or I don't know whether it's yeah. Disney doing that or Netflix doing that. But to be fair, I haven't watched Whoa. any of the Marvel Netflix stuff since I, I watched about half of Jessica Jones and then just stopped. Yeah, same here, actually. Um, though I guess, you know, Disney are uh, making their own streaming service. Do you reckon that's why they're cancelling all the Netflix shows? Yeah. It makes you wonder. It does. Uh, does Disney, does Disney uh, also pull their support of Disney movies and Netflix in general, too? I believe they had... I thought the plan was more was longer term than what it is now. So I think by 2020, everything Disney is going to be off the service. Mm-hmm. So, which might be why uh, Netflix is leaning hard into the friends angle right now. <laughs> They're like, oh crap, we can't afford to lose <laughs> friends. Here's $100 million so we can keep it for another year. So, oh my God. I don't know how that show's worth $100 million. I have no clue. I, I don't understand money, how, the, how that, a lot of that stuff works. Yeah. yeah. Well, friends is really popular over here, too. So it must be like an international. Um, a thing, so no doubt they're going to make their money back on that. 
Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, that's probably true. Mm, probably. Uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, we also got, uh, man, there's been a lot of movie trailers. Uh, we got that uh, Avengers trailer, plus we got the new Captain Marvel trailer. and uh, mm. Both of them underwhelmed me. Um, the Captain Marvel trailer was really similar to the first trailer, and the Avengers trailer didn't really show anything. Mm-hmm. I, I I think I enjoyed the Captain Marvel trailer more, uh, especially the final shot. There's some really cool bits in there if you know the character. Uh, I'm mm. at least familiar with them. So I was like, oh, that's cool. They referenced that. I didn't expect that. Uh, like the Mohawk aspect of her costume. Like, that was cool. You um, mean the final shot where she's flying through space and just shooting everything? Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> I'm cool. Yeah, that, that was cool. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. As for uh, Avengers, they're not going to show much. We're all going to see this movie anyway. It doesn't matter what they do with the trailer. Uh-huh. But Endgame is a stupid I don't like subtitle. about the Captain Marvel trailer is in, in the first trailer, there's no context for why she punches an old lady. And now they're giving us context for why she's doing that. And it makes it so much worse. <laughs> I think I it's think... because the guy complains. Probably. <laughs> yeah, that's, prob- that's probably it. Yeah, that's probably it. Um, I was surprised the uh, the Endgame trailer kind of spoiled it's kind of spoiled something with the Ant Man uh, was showing Ant Man. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, I, no, I mean, right. I, I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, it was going to get out. I mean, obviously, yeah. everyone's going to come back anyway. <laughs> yeah, mean, exactly. We already know what's going to happen here, but technically, still. technically, announcing Spider Man Far From Home that's a spoiler. Because I mean, <laughs> yeah. right. there's actually there's a bunch of movies like that. You know, they, I think they've already announced um, another Black Panther, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. So right. yeah, it's yeah. Hmm. It wasn't a bad trailer. It just uh, I, I don't really feel like I got anything out of it. But I, I guess that's the point. Um, if they, if they yeah, as Derek said, we we're going to see it anyway, so they don't really have to show anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were like there were offset pictures, sort of giving us a little hint to what the story could be, and they don't really elaborate on that concept at all. So yeah, I wonder if they're just going to keep that all a secret until the movie's actually out. I wouldn't be That's surprised. That's a good one. Yeah, we'll see. Hmm. Yeah, I'm 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 mean, excited for it. I'm actually surprised it's coming out in April, not May. Yeah. Uh, and they bumped up the release date to avoid Detective Pikachu. I love that. Yeah, I, know. I love that. I love that Disney is scared of Pokemon, which they should be. But it's a huge franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Toy Story Four got its butt beat by uh, the Detective Pikachu trailer. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. great. So hey, it means we get uh, Avengers earlier, and I can I, we can see uh, see how well P- uh, Pikachu does. <laughs> yep. Exactly. <laughs> it's beautiful. So, uh, how you been enjoying Smash, Andre? <laughs> oh man, it's been fun. It's 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 been a long, long week, but it's been fun. Um, and we're still like far from done. There is like almost infinite content for us to do here. I have so many ideas I want to get started on. But yeah, Smash Brothers is a ton of fun. Um, I, I'm yeah thoroughly enjoying it. Like, there's so much content there. I said in the review, like I still hadn't played. I still hadn't tried everything. Like I know, like I was playing with my roommate last night, and I was playing as characters I still hadn't had a chance to play as yet. Like, it's nuts to me that there's so many characters, you could spend 20 minutes with each one, which isn't nearly enough time to get even, you know, that acquainted with them, and that would take up a full day of your time, without sleeping. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, that is crazy to me. There is so much here. So, yeah, I mean, Sakurai, like, hats off to him. He really did make the Ultimate Smash Brothers. So, I, I, I really do think, like, I don't think there's an argument, as I said in the review, that this is anything but the best Smash Brothers game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And um, the, the process of unlocking them is incredibly slow, but it does make you appreciate just how large this roster is when you're getting them one by one. <laughs> That's true. 
Like um, we were going by yeah, my roommate was unlocking characters last night and uh he he only has maybe not even a third of them and it still feels like a ton of characters. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that screen and I had like fifty. I was like, it's gotta be done soon, right? It's like there's twenty more? How on earth are they gonna You're fit right. them in here? Yeah. Um I'm still a ways yeah, off. <laughs> It's it really is a, a brilliant game though, and um, my friends list has never been so busy. I, I turned it on this morning. Sixty people online, every single one playing Smash. Mm-hmm. Wow, I believe it, man. That's awesome. I... Yeah, Smash Smash is bringing people together, and yeah, I think that, that, I mean, this game's gonna be massive. So if Nintendo had any chance of reaching its what twenty million Switch forecasts for this year, Smash is gonna be it. Yeah, so, that's for sure. Yeah. And I guess Smash s- isn't usually that game though. Like um, no, the true. best-selling game in the series is Brawl, and that's at thirteen million. The Wii U version sold five million. Um, yeah, Smash is big, but it's never been you know the, the big big system seller, and it feels like this one is. It's because yeah, it's. I mean, I think again, like the Switch is kind of like that perfect crossroads. I think where it's it's done well. It's targeting a more it's targeting more of a hardcore base than Wii was. I think, um, and people and it's been ten years since Smash Brothers Brawl. So, because as you said, a ton of people missed out on, on Smash Brothers Wii U simply because it was on the Wii U. And I think Smash Brothers 3DS, for as much as people may have, might have enjoyed it, it just inherently wasn't exciting as exciting as a you know true console installment. So mm-hmm. I, it almost feels like ultimate like catching up on on almost like that ten year gap. I mean, that's not the fairest way to put it, but you know what I mean, right? <laughs> oh yeah, because yeah, sure. playing these 3DS stages that I just barely played in the uh, in the 3ds version just it's like a revelation it's great to see these out and like upresed and looking good it's like what i was really hoping for when they announced this game and to actually get that it's like oh thank god it's it's mm-hmm. great to actually get some of these stages and experience them and it's a lot of fun and i actually um when i finally unlocked simon belmont i was like all right we need to get some, get some practice in with this guy i need to see if he is main material and so i just put it out there on twitter to invite people into a room to come play with me and let me tr- practice with him and online had some stuttering but uh, i was also using the nintendo switch online voice app to talk with the fans so that was <laughs> that was something and that that's its own little story but yeah as far as the connections like some people didn't weren't wired in and yeah, it started a little bit, but the online has been w- leagues better than Wii U. Like I mean, I've had some mm-hmm. matches where it's just lag free, and it's great. Yeah, and that was with four Same players, um, and items on. So yeah, yes, same experience. I was playing with a group of four earlier, and it was flawless. And then I did some one on ones, and they were flawless too. I mean, yeah, there are some matches where it stutters every now and then, but as a whole, playing with randoms has been great for me. And I guess the matchmaking probably matches you up with people nearby. Um, but I have played with some Japanese players, and that was fine too. But I guess the UK isn't that far from Japan. But um, yeah, my, my online experience has been really, really good. Like, way better than Smash Wii U. That's awesome. I, need to play, I haven't played online since the streams. So I need to, need to try that a bit more. Mm. I will say Nintendo is being Nintendo when it comes to the, uh, the Switch Online voice app, though. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. there's... Even though you're all in the same room, and you can only have eight people in the room. Like, that's your max amount of players you can have in there. So I'm like, okay, I guess we can all talk together. That's not too bad. That's not overwhelming or anything. So got on there. And basically what they were doing for a little bit is they, they were separating the people that were in the match to the spectators. And then all of a sudden they started having the spectators able to talk with the people in the match again. But even after we got like most of the room able to talk to one another, those that actually had the, the app and whatnot, there was a moments where you'd be able to talk when you're in the, uh, I guess the ring where you're placing your icon and all and whatnot. Um, 
then it would cut out, and then it would cut back in as it's loading up the match. Then it would cut out, and everybody would lose, you know, not be able to talk to each oh, other. No. And then during the match, you'd be able to talk to each other again. And so it was this weird thing. Every single time, like we could time is like, all right, see you guys on the other side, and then That's be weird. able to talk again. It's like it worked, but it also is just a mess. Like there's no consistency to it. And I don't know why Nintendo feels they have to disconnect everybody and reconnect whenever the match yeah, is starting. That. Uh-huh. Uh yeah, I mean I, I yeah, it doesn't make sense. I was just gonna try and justify it then, but no, it doesn't make sense. Well, so, it, so if I understand it, so when you go into a match you're only talking with the people in that match? It was that way at first, but then it changed that no, even if they were in the uh waiting room, still could talk. That's weird. So I don't understand what was going on. I, there. I'm I'm very confused by that. Yeah. I mean it would make sense if you could only talk to the people in the match, and then and then it expands when you get out of the match. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. We so. had five people at one mm. point. That's we can only have a max of four. So, and I had, I would talk to people while I'm not in the match, like they're fighting, and I'm just commenting on it. And yeah, <laughs> nice. Huh. So, is Simon your main then? I feel like he could be. Like, I think I want Richter instead because Simon is fun, but I think I like the look of Richter more. Uh, but I haven't unlocked Richter yet. But as far as like his moveset and abilities, like I got to get used to uh, the big thing. I got to get used to is uh, being careful not to do the slide kick <laughs> because that can really uh-huh. that's a that's a little Mac situation where you do that side B and off you go, and that yeah. can absolutely happen with Simon and uh, presumably Richter. But his recovery is also terrible. You need to be able to use your whip. Uh, and I also found out that you want to be able to do forward whip, uh, forward aerial, because if you do neutral aerial, it's not catching crap. So you need to make sure to have a mm. tilt on that. And you can still recover quite the distance, though, because of that. So it's not completely weak, but you're if you're recovering, you need to use the whip. <laughs> uh, I, I love all the newcomers, but I think my main is probably Ridley. And uh, he has his side B can be detrimental, too. Like if you're playing on a stage with walk-offs, and you grab someone with side B, you, you'll kill yourself. Um, and it's not like other suicide moves. Um, like usually in Smash, when you like, if Kirby inhales and then falls down, you'll win the match, like, even if you kill yourself doing it. But because Ridley is just ahead of the other character when he goes off screen, the other character wins if you do that move. So it can lose you the match. Mm-hmm. It's um, like, uh, I think it's kind of like the changes they made to Bowser, which I think they did in, um, I think they may have done in Wii U first, where you used to be able to grab someone with Bowser's side B and just murder them before Bowser got killed too. But now right. Bowser gets penalized first, mm-hmm. so you can't do your kamikaze runs anymore. <laughs> or you can. I mean, it's more of a kamikaze run now, actually. It just doesn't benefit you at all, so. Yeah. Uh-huh. There was a great moment during that, during those matches, though. The one I actually won. I was ahead of everybody by by a stock, and we're all fighting. And all of a sudden, a uh, fake Smash Ball shows up, and we were all clustered together. And one of us just happened to hit it, and so all three of us that were remaining got caught in the Smash Ball uh, <laughs> explosion. And all of us flew off the screen at the same time. But I won because I had that one extra stock, and I actually survived. Like, oh, nice. makes me super curious what would have happened if I didn't have a stock either. Like, who would have won that one based on where we it, all went? <laughs> I think it, it might even go, like, sudden death if you all sort of fly off at the same time. Maybe. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, not to brag, but my Ridley is in the Elite Club. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I don't know. It awesome. sounds like a brag. It <laughs> <laughs> actually didn't take that long. Um, I, I was, I've been playing casually online for a little bit. It's like every now and then when I have time. Um, but um, while, while I was waiting for a video to render, I just hopped online and played against this, against this Inkling player, and we did like four consecutive rounds. And um, I won each time, and then 
after when, when he quit, it just went, oh, you've been promoted to the Elite Club. Um, and I, I've not won a game in the Elite group yet. I've, I've done three um, Elite rounds, and I've lost every time. Like, people are really good in there. <laughs> yeah, I believe um, it. But in there, you can only choose a character who has been promoted there. So I'm, if, you, if I choose anyone else, um, they just cannot play. It's just Ridley. <laughs> and I think you have to be in, like, the top... Um, so you have to be in like the top numbers um, to qualify for this. Uh, I, I, maybe it's because uh, the like, the game's still quite new, so it might be easier to get in there. Because um, I I really haven't played that much, so I was kind of surprised when I got promoted to that elite status. Mm. But yeah, it's scary in there. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> I believe it. I, I've seen some really good Simon and Richter players that I fought against, and I like you. I'm definitely figuring out the strategies for him because my god, the coverage and that axe is brutal. Oh yeah, yeah. The range on Simon and Richter is crazy. I can't deal with it. Um, like it, when I play as um, as Ridley, because he's quite slow and a lot of his moves are qu- like close quarters. Um, Richter and Simon just demolish him. Uh, he, like Simon has Simon has so many different ways to counter to. Like when you um, sort of rotate your fl- your whip around, it just destroys any projectiles. Uh, it's so hard to counter him. I love it. <laughs> uh, are, are elite battles one on one only, or is it just like any other matchmaking? It's just like any other matchmaking. Okay, that's too bad. I thought the um, I thought that might be the new four glory, um, but maybe it's better that way. I don't know. I'm a play- I, I have heard people have had trouble getting into one on ones consistently, so I wonder mm-hmm. if that should be a more focused like mode, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But I hope they get online tournaments in there soon because I was actually surprised when I found out that wasn't a thing. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels like the um, the what, what's, what's it called the big group um, thing you can invite friends to um, uh, the arena oh, battle, or, yeah battle arena battle arena feels like a tournament apart from it doesn't have any tournament like it doesn't keep track of who wins really. <laughs> right yeah because they had the tournament feature in Wii U but I recall it being garbage that sounds about right <laughs> <laughs> right did, did we try doing something with it Derek oh, we did I a, thought there was we a, did a bunch with it. with it like we'd have people on they'd be able to join up but you would, there's no way like it was completely random if they ended up with us or not um, oh that's right I had the cap yeah I had the 100 mm. user cap there was something else wrong with it too I thought maybe I'm thinking maybe I'm confused with Mario Kart which also had a weird yeah, structure so. I'm, I'm, and it's been a while so I'm a little I'm blanking a little bit on it but I, I remember we stopped doing it for a reason, I thought, but... The connection was bad. <laughs> but yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> connection was bad, and I was tired of getting my butt kicked because of bad connection. It's just like, ugh. <laughs> I, I prepared. I made sure to get the uh, the Ethernet adapter for the Switch. So I am plugged in this time, and thank God. <laughs> nice. Um, how, how have you guys picked up Isabel? Like, is, it, I, I've kind of struggled a little bit. Yeah. I, I think I'm better with Villager than I'm Isabel. Not, so I'm not good with either, but I think I'm better with, with Isabel, um, and I just like using her. I love her, I love her uh, the ability where she can bury the Floyd rocket and it shoots uh-huh. up like, you know, when the snakes moves. I love that. <laughs> and her fishing rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've unlocked well, her, my but favorite I thing about her. Yeah, she she's she's great for photo mode. I love photo mode in this game. They've they've made the camera really flexible, and it has filters kind of like Mario Odyssey. Mm-hmm. Um, you can spend hours just taking pictures in this. Like, I think all of those classic mode pictures were taken within this camera mode. Like it has all, all those filters um, you can actually apply yourself. Uh, and there's there's so much you can do. And I've just spent like a, I spent a while just in the Nintendo Dogs level with Isabel and Duck Hunt just taking dog pictures. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's awesome. But. Yeah, though it does kind of break on some levels, though. Like on Spirit Train, if you try rotating the camera, because it's really flexible now, you can see um, where the level hasn't quite loaded in, and like you can see the actual 
Um, there's just blank spaces on like, the left and right where the tracks oh. are kind of generating around. Yeah, you can see that in any in most of the scrolling levels, I think. Like a Big Blue, for instance, same thing. Uh-huh. Um, and you can even see, like you can even just see in the background, like untextured parts of the level, like where the camera wasn't, you know, isn't supposed to go normally. Um, yeah. You can just see like untextured buildings or, uh, you know, gaps in the scenery. It's really weird. They've never had this before in the Smash game that I can recall, or not this obvious. So uh, I don't even know what boundary break's going to do because the game, <laughs> you can break the boundaries <laughs> yourself. <laughs> you don't right. need any extra hardware or anything. Yeah, um, when, when doing those stage comparisons for uh, like Melee and Brawl, um, Melee's camera is way more restrictive than I remember it being. Uh, mm-hmm. That you can't you can't really zoom out at all. You can only, you can latch on to like one character, another character, or just do like a, a sort of central shot. But it's really restrictive. And if you try wiggling left and right, it stops almost immediately. Mm. So yeah, they've got, they've come a long way with that camera. But I clearly, have noticed. It, oh sorry, oh, sorry. Hey, clearly, it's uh, they not all stages were developed like with it in mind though. I have noticed that it, it does have a more limited range on some stages, so it does depend on what stage you're on as to uh-huh. um, how much you can move it. And also, it has some weird controls. Like, I'm used to it now, but I'm not fully sure why, like, you can zoom out, but then you have to hold Y to zoom out more. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> yeah. get that. Yeah, it's weird. It's yeah. really weird. It's so different to other Smash games. Uh, it, it feels like a development tool, almost. We, we have, like, that crosshair in the middle. It, it's, right. It's, it's not as friendly, but it's, you can do way more with it, though. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, I haven't messed around messed around with it at all, but I've also haven't messed around with a lot in Smash because there's so much here. Like I haven't even touched World of Light yet, and it's been interesting to see people like complain about certain spirits being just a nightmare to get through. <laughs> yeah, so there are. I mean, it's so weird difficulty wise. Uh, for the most part, it's kind of like a pushover, at least on normal difficulty. But every now and then, you come across a spirit that's just a complete a hole. <laughs> and like I think you guys saw me complaining about a couple of them in the uh, mm. in the Discord. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. And then there's the fact yeah. that some of these characters that I go to unlock can just destroy me sometimes. It is shocking how good the AI is at points. Mm-hmm. Like, I've yeah, seen them perfect shield so many than times. Smash games. I had an AI um, snake. He was using his, his down B to help himself recover. Like he was exploding himself to get really? recovery. Yeah. Wow. Well, on the other hand, I had a, I had a, I think it was a Toon Link get hung up under uh, the Terminus stage where he's uh, under the main platform in the water. He kept mm-hmm. jumping up and hitting his head, so he couldn't get out. So <laughs> it's weird. I've seen little bits like that where they they don't they seem a little not so smart. But then other times, like when I uh, was trying to unlock uh, King Dedede earlier today. Um, he knocked me off the stage, and then he followed after me like below and did some like primo edge guarding and just to, like spiked Jeez. me i'm like holy crap did not expect that from him i'm just trying to recover and usually they're willing to wait for you but nope he's yeah. out to get me yeah i'm convinced the computer totally cheats too like i'm pretty sure like it reads your inputs at points and responds mm-hmm. like immediately to that so yeah level 9 cpus are crazy at parrying that they, they, they're, they're perfect shields they do it way too often mm-hmm. yep so there's a lot of uh challenges in there where you have to beat certain like level nine ones and get that sort of thing and i was earlier i was like i want to unlock some more of these challenge panels because i'm hoping to get more music and stuff like that um and one was defeat uh and uh somebody in smash uh with them set at uh, level five and also level three uh while you're at 300 percent uh handicap that's very specific (laughs) yeah and it it took me a while but i did it (laughs) it was nice tough but you just have to sort of find i was like okay i need to find the right character to go up against in the right stage 
perfect, let's do this, and cheese them. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love how you're doing these very specific challenges, and yet you haven't touched World of Light. Like, <laughs> you're going on to the, the most extra content there is in the game before going on to like the main single-player portion. I um, Yeah, there's, there's so much you can do, though. I feel like I've barely scratched the surface. I've done like an hour of World of Light, and I, I don't really feel like I need to continue, because there's just so much you can do with the like the base combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Like I, I looked, I, I do appreciate the fact that they have a, a list of all the spirits. Like I think there's almost thirteen hundred spirits in total, so that, that's that's nice. But it, and so you don't have to worry about like one of the things I was worried about was like, oh great, if I want to keep track of every spirit I have, I have to keep an extra of the ones I need to evolve. But with this thing, it's like okay, once you get it, you're good. Mm-hmm. So yep, yeah. cool. But, alright, well, let's go ahead and move on to our news topics for this week. And it was a pretty slow week other than the Game Awards, but there's been a, there's a few highlights here. Uh, one of which, and it's not exactly a good highlight, uh, Bethesda's support website for Fallout 76 accidentally leaked some customer info. So, yeah, people trying to get help with their uh, copies of uh, uh, Fallout 76 or trying to return it, yep, that's getting leaked. <laughs> so What a mess. Yep. So the game's a mess. Um, their limited edition was a mess, and then they made it more of a mess by giving influencers the actual limited editions. <laughs> and now this. What? Fall- what how? How does? It, how do they even do this? Fallout is such a fitting name for this game. <laughs> There's right. so much Fallout from this. And um, Obsidian during the Game Awards, they showed like a, a fun-looking Fallout. It's like they're going after them now, and this is the best time to do that because Fallout, mm-hmm. the Fallout brand, must be at like an all-time low. But that game, I can't remember the title, but it was done by Obsidian, and it actually looked really good, like the space Fallout. Yeah, I, it looked. It had a great sense of humor. It had that sort of like a, a different sense of humor. But they also made it a point from the original creators of Fallout and from the creators of Fallout New Vegas, which is probably pretty <laughs> widely considered to be the best Fallout modern Fallout game. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a mess. <laughs> yeah. It's. it's yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I don't really have much interest in Fallout anymore. I tried Fallout 4, and um, it just bored me. It's it's fine, but um, it's very by the numbers. And Fallout 76, of course, everyone knows, it's just kind of a train wreck. Um, and I walked into a store earlier, and they were selling it for £55, which is crazy. Um, that's that's more than a normal retail copy. Like Usually it's around £50, so that's, that's even higher than, than regularly. Um, it's just a busted game. Yeah. And I mean, I, I got Fallout Three, and I enjoyed what I played with it, but I also never really stuck with it. I was just eventually it would just be like, all right, I'm done. I don't need to mm-hmm. see anymore. It's just, I guess, too big for me, or just not enough to hold my interest. And you know, it's 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 fine for what it is, but it just ended up not being for me. Hmm. Yeah. I, I never really felt any hype for Fallout 76. Um, I, I don't feel like they really showed the game before launch, and that, that, that's probably a reason why they didn't do that. <laughs> but all their trailers were CG or live action, um, and they never really showed the game very often. I guess now we know why. Yeah, <laughs> their best method of selling it is Todd Howard sweet-talking uh, sweet everybody. <laughs> yeah, that totally yeah. is. <laughs> and he is a good salesman, because I was like, oh, okay, this actually has more potential than I thought. I'm not going to pick it up, but hey, there you go. And then it comes out and I'm like, uh-huh. oh, oh, Todd Howard, you liar. <laughs> <laughs> yep. This is Steve one Jobs. Bethesda game we do not need on Switch. <laughs> you can keep this one. <laughs> yep. So uh, another bit of news we got this week, and actually just today really, uh, is Sakurai actually had a recent interview in Edge magazine, and they actually asked him about the possibility of a Kid Icarus Uprising port. 
And Sakurai basically said, no, I don't think it can happen. Because he, he talked about the development, how it's from a, like a wide uh, range of people, so there's a lot of conflict in there. He, he actually said this is one of the toughest games he ever developed on. So I'm like, that's uh, which is really surprising to me. But he also talked about the hurdles of being a launch game, how they didn't have everything, how he didn't know about the... Uh, you know, the eventual nub that came out for the the 3ds and yeah, circle pad yeah it just mm-hmm. it basically is just like yeah i don't think it's possible to port which is odd well are you still yeah. alive john are you still okay <laughs> um no i'm not <laughs> um yeah it, it hurts um uprising is i think it's the, the game that's most in need of a remake or a port because it's a brilliant game, but the 3DS uh, is just so painful to, to play it on. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, I wish that it, it was doable, because I think it, it probably is doable if Sakurai outsourced it to a third party and just sort of directed it, or, or like at, at least um, supervised it. But yeah, he, he just kind of rules it out in this interview. At least that's what it reads like anyway. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it has to happen at some point. Like, that's, that's the thing. It's, it's a really popular game, and it's well beloved, but it, some maybe a sequel at the least. I'll take a sequel, something Kid Icarus related. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say it probably would be a, a big effort to remaster this game because it was done for 3DS and it, it was a great looking 3DS game. But they'd have to go in and, and like re- and touch up every single texture, yeah. mm-hmm. and those flying sections go by fast, and there's there's a lot of details crammed into there. Um, and I, I kind of I think that might be why it's Sakurai's hardest game to make, or at least one of them. Because um, during those flying sections, they they like they made it so everything sort of flows very deliberately, and they're about five minutes each. But there's so much crammed into those five minutes, so it must have taken a, a long time to make that. And uh, I think yeah, re- remastering that would be a big effort. But yeah, Sakurai doesn't have to be the one to do it though. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Get Blue Point on it or something. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Sakurai probably isn't that kind of guy though. <laughs> yeah, probably I think not. So. <laughs> So I'm hopeful something will happen eventually. Like, okay, we didn't get an uprising uh, port. Hey, a new up, uh, uprising two. Thank you. <laughs> but it was also yeah. because of his hardest one. Maybe he's not too excited to get back to it. But he obviously loves it from the Palutena's guidances. So I don't know. Mm. And Palutena's, gu- Palutena's guidances sort of throw in some new law. Like they, and Viridi's now like Dark Dark Pit's working with Viridi now. Um, and they, they sort of they sort of update the story in very subtle ways in those guidances, and it it kind, it kind of alludes to another game. But I I guess maybe that's just Sakurai just playing with the story a bit more. There might be a good video idea there, John. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe. But yeah, but yeah, the controls is the big one though. Mm, um, yeah. And if they just sort of put Splatoon controls onto Kid Icarus Uprising, I think that would work. Absolutely. Um, it's those flying sections where it may not work. It's the ground sections that would really work for, though. But, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not really sure. I'm not sure what, what the best way to go about this is. Yeah, it definitely requires some playtesting. Yeah. <sighs> well, moving on, uh, as far as uh, poss- actual possible ports on the Switch, uh, Treasure uh, has shown interest in bringing Radiant Silver, Silver, Silver Gun to the Switch. Uh, I've never played this game, but I heard it's all like a predecessor of um, Ikaruga. Ikaruga, right? Yes. Yeah, um, um, Yeah. the Ikaruga port was great. Mm. I I did the, um, the review, for, review for that, and I ended up playing it for like 15 hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wait, 
and it, you know it's, it's quite a short game you can finish it in like 20 minutes if you if you just play through but it's also really tough um and just sort of going through it for high score is really addicting um and yeah i've, I've also not played radiant silver gun I, th- I believe it was a sega saturn game um but yeah it has a huge cult following and uh, i'm sure they'll be very happy if it came to switch mm. and I, I think i'd pick it up yeah, I mean, it's one of those lost ones, because I think it was Japanese exclusive on the Saturn as well, so I think that's affected it as far as people being able to play it. Uh, the funny thing is that it's it's a little odd that it's just now getting reported and sort of realized for, because uh, this was all done back on in November, of the 17th of November, where somebody just responded to them saying, uh, Radiant Silver Gun, Switch, please, with a smile. And then they responded, the official Twitter account responded, Radiant Silver Gun, Switch, yes. I plan to go with Ikaruga uh-huh. at the same time, but it stopped. Please wait. However, I cannot promise. So it's not a guarantee, but it's definitely something they definitely they want to do. Wow. What, what even is Treasure these days? Like, I don't know. They must be like an office of just a couple of people, because they, they used to be big. But didn't they didn't they close down or something? <laughs> I'm not sure. I've not kept up with them, so I'm not quite sure what they do. Like, the, like because the... they did sin and punishment as well. Um, but that was a long time ago. Now. Yeah, I, I think I think that team has greatly like fallen. I'm pretty sure it's just a, f- a few members of staff. Um, so I guess they're just porting old games now. So please port um, <laughs> a sin and punishment, please. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The collection That'd of be... two games. Yeah, that'd be a good uh, good replacement for Kid Icarus Uprising, right? Or the only I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'd actually be really cool if you got a new Sin and Punishment, which was it has like the stakes of Kid Icarus, Kid Icarus Uprising, like the constant story, um, just the the scope of that game. Um, yeah, Sin and Punishment's great. The 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 Wii game was a really good sequel, but there's no way we can get another one though. Mm. No, mm, unfortunately not. <laughs> uh, it was nice to see at that time though. Yeah. Hmm. I have it, but I haven't actually beaten it. <laughs> it's something I need to do. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, as far as Nintendo earning tons of money, it's still happening. At least uh, the Pokemon side of things are, because Pokemon Go has earned eighty million dollars in November, which is up one hundred and fifty percent from last year. And I found this to be really interesting. One, it might be the fact of all those quality of life increases that they've added to the game, and it, it has made the game significantly better. But I also wonder if it's not people like the reverse Pokemon Let's Go effect. Like people are picking up Let's Go and like, well, you know, maybe I'll check out Go and getting into that aspect. And because I, I have seen a few people like, well, I'm playing Go again now that I've picked up Let's Go. It got me, kind of got me interested and now they're addicted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I played Go a little bit when Let's Go came out, mostly just to transfer my Pokemon over. But I haven't picked it up since then. And if anything, the battles have kind of just put me off. Those battles don't really sound very fun. Mm-mm. The um the trainer battles that they're adding. Oh, the PvP, yeah, yeah, the PvP. It's, it's pretty much goes combat system, which already is very boring. <laughs> but you got a um, shield just now. Added, like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. They've added the ability to shield, and that's all they've added. It's still just tap tap tap, um, which just sound. I don't want to deal with that. That just sounds really boring. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. I mean. Good for Pokemon Go. I have not played it since basically it came out. I have no interest in ever going back to this game. <laughs> um, it just seems like a interactive checklist. But hey, if you enjoy it, good for you. <laughs> yeah, that's the funny thing is I'm kind of the opposite of, of a lot of people because I played it a ton leading up to Let's Go to prepare for potential videos and stuff like that. And I, you know, it worked. It succeeded. I, I was able to do it. But I've not bothered since. I've barely played since it. Uh, 
since Let's Go's come out. I just think I've I got my fill, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think you caught enough. Yeah, I've caught <laughs> enough. Like there's a, there's plenty in there. It's just like all right, I'm kind of done. Plus, it's hard to get into this game when I live in the uh, northeast, you know, in Pennsylvania, and it's really freaking cold outside, and I don't really want to walk for hours on end. My hands get a right. little cold, so I'm like, you know what? I, I think I'll wait a little while. <laughs> you would not be a good Pokemon trainer in real life. Nope. <laughs> Those kids can walk can around imagine? snowy mountains in shorts, and they're fine. <laughs> yeah, you never see Ash being like, oh, it's too cold outside. I'm not going to go fight Pokemon battles. <laughs> No, he just almost died from a snowstorm in one episode. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Yeah, I've I've never really felt the need to spend money in Pokemon Go because Pokestops give you everything you need to like you need to play, and um, they're kind of the point of the game. The point of the game is to go out and walk, so you're going to find Pokestops anyway. Mm -hmm. So I've never really felt the incentive to just buy Pokeballs because you already have Pokeballs. I it more comes to the fact of like I was preparing for this stuff, and so I've gotten money so I can expand because a lot of times the only way you can earn money is by putting your Pokemon in gyms but you can only earn 50 coins a day uh, and then you're still competing with people so you might get kicked out and it's if you, you a lot of times if you don't keep up with it it's hard to get the money you earn and all of a sudden oh wait I'm full up on Pokemon oh wait I'm full up on items crap I need to buy an expansion on it and oh, I don't have enough coins so I think uh-huh. that that's where it got me a few times because I put money into it now I've, I think I've put in like Probably 20 bucks. Uh-huh. That's not so bad, considering how long you've played it for, though. Yeah, I think I've gotten $20 worth of entertainment, so... I'm not too, not too upset. So I'm, I'm part of that $80 million. <laughs> there you go. You're the problem. Yep, I am the problem. <laughs> well, speaking of problems... <laughs> our last bit of news, and this just tells you how slow of a news week it was beyond the Game Awards and what was revealed there, and we've already talked about it, which is why we're not doing it here. Um... Our new NES games, and the last that I think we know about, because they have not announced what's coming in 2019 as far as these NES games coming for uh, the Switch's online service, are Adventures of Lolo, Ninja Gaiden, and Wario's Woods. So, exciting. I mean, granted, I'm a huge fan of Adventures of Lolo, and highly recommend people trying that one out, because it's a great game uh, from HAL, you know, Kirby developers. But this is still not like three a month is so slow for this service. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, Warriors Woods is a legitimately good game, at least based on the Super Nintendo version. I haven't played the NES one, so that actually might be interesting to go back to and see how it compares or if there's any differences. But yeah, I mean, otherwise, I agree. Like, I haven't checked out the app really, uh, besides when it launched the you know NES games app. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's most of these games like I've seen before or you know played them before. They just don't interest me. So, yeah, here's hoping SNES games come sooner rather than later, so... <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, no matter how good the NES games are, I don't think I'm ever going to look at that lineup and go, like, yes! <laughs> <laughs> I, I do need to play Adventures of Lola. I've never played that game before. Oh, I, I um, do highly recommend it. Uh, put other music on. Like, you can listen to the soundtrack for maybe a level or two, at level or two but then you, it's the same loop, and it's a short loop, and oh, it's just no. over and over and over again. It's a catchy song, but you will get tired of it, so... Put on something else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, I will say Ninja Gaiden and um, Wario's Woods, those are very good games, but yeah, they're still just NES games. Um, when, when, if, if they ever add Super Nintendo games, then I'll probably be really interested in that service. Super, Super Nintendo games just feel more packed. They feel like you, you, can, you can actually play them for hours and hours on end, whereas NES games you just kind of dabble in. Um, 
And yeah, I don't, I don't think they can really add anything that's going to interest me. I can't think of anything. No, I do want Contra, though. Contra's great multiplayer, mm-hmm. and it's just one of those games that would be really good for online. Um, and there are Konami games on there. Like, um, I, actually, speaking of Konami, there's no Castlevania games on there either. That is true. I'm really, actually, now just to say that, I'm really hoping for Castlevania 3, because that means it'll be on the Japanese service, and then I can actually play a fair version of that game. <laughs> <laughs> Was the soundtrack better in that version too? Yes, it was. That used the advanced nice. sound chip, so you get the the Zelda effect as well. And you don't need to read anything in that game, so perfect. Like, but that is the yeah. version to play. But they, all we have is the NES, the NES version. And like Lion King, they decided to make it harder for rentals. Damn. Yeah. That is one thing I like about this service. The the Famicom versions are really fun to play, actually. Like, playing the Famicom Disk System version of Metroid, where you can save, is really cool. But you can save anyway, though, because there's save points in these versions. <laughs> That's true. But yeah, it's, nice, it's nice to see the subtle differences, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of to take advantage of here. Um, I guess, last little bit of news uh, that... We got, I guess just got in or anything, something like that. Is that uh, Reggie has stated that uh, Joker and Smash Brothers Ultimate is going to be emblematic of their DLC approach, uh, but they're going to be, but he's still pretty quiet on Persona Five for the Switch. So yeah, more DLC in the vein of Joker coming to uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate, which God, I can't even imagine character. Like the only thing I can think of is Banjo that matched that scene. Like hype. Uh, yeah. I, I mean Banjo would do it. Banjo would do it, so Right. I hope I, I do wonder if that means for the like all five fighters. I, I kinda doubt it. Um they Smash Wii U DLC had some great ones in there like Bayonetta and Cloud. But it also had um uh, Corin, who, you know, that, that that's <laughs> nowhere near as exciting as the other guys. Um so I I, th- I think they'll probably have like one or two of their own characters, like maybe Rex and Pyra or uh, whoever's coming up in a, like another Fire Emblem game. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit after Joker. I mean, Joker is um, Sega's third rep, but it's still such an obscure choice, because Persona 5's never been on on a Nintendo platform. No Persona has, apart from the Q games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, th- I think more Atlas than Sega when I think of Persona. Um, yeah. But it's still the same thing. And even Bayonetta, I think, more... like. It's a that's a joint custody <laughs> with Nintendo. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, Bay- Bayonetta wasn't that surprising. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's surprising that she's in Smash, but um, the, the relationship with Nintendo it, it makes sense. Mm. Whereas Joker doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I will admit, I if, they, if we don't get Rex and Pyre in there, especially after all the hype about like, don't worry, there's a bunch of Xenoblade Two content in in, in Ultimate. I'll be a little disappointed because I, I really want to see what them in in Smash. <laughs> And imagine um, a stage where you're just on like a bunch of titans, just jumping from one to the other, oh, that'd be or cool. even just like set it on like Gormor or something. I know Gormor would be a bit a bit too similar to Gal Plains, I guess. But there's a, there's a lot of potential for stages in that game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, fingers crossed. But we'll see. I I can't even predict it at this point. We'll, I guess, <laughs> the predictions will have to come in the future. But I think we've actually already had our DLC predictions. So. Who knows? True. But I think we can. We might be able to revise them now with uh, yeah. the, the new knowledge we have. Because it might change. That's true. Like, throughout the entirety of our predictions, we were just saying, like, it's Nintendo choosing them. It's going to be safe. Whereas now, <laughs> <laughs> now that's completely different. Exactly. Yep. I'm still going to say I'll block, though. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta be amazing. Totally. <laughs> 
Alright, well I think that covers it for the news topics this week, uh, so let's go ahead and jump into our Patreon topics, and uh, as always, for just $1 a month, you guys can support us on Patreon, get these podcasts three days early every Friday, which should be a lot more consistent now that the Smash blog uh, discussions have, uh, have concluded, now that the game is out, and of course you'll get access to our uh, VIP room in our Discord as well. So Andre, since you're back, let's start with you. So this question comes to us from way or by way of uh, Caleb Wilden, who asks, "I've been really, or I've really enjoyed all the conversations like Palutena's guidance you guys have posted, but I'm curious to know which uh, which each of you have enjoyed better in Smash's history: Snake's Codex conversations or Palutena's guidances. In addition, if you could have one more series of conversations like Doc Lewis and Lil Mac or Callie and Marie, what would it be?" So, uh, yeah, this is a fun question because Ash and I, he was here while we were recording all the guidances and codex, uh, so we watched them all. Uh, we were discussing this very question, and I, mean, I think both are great for different reasons, and I think Palutena's guidance is probably a better fit for Smash. But if I had to choose, uh, going on, let's say, it, this is not fair, obviously, Palutena's guidance has way more than Snake's now. But if you were just, just to compare like the same characters to each other uh, across both... I probably have to give the edge of snakes. Like it's just way funnier to have that complete fish out of water experience <laughs> for like a third party character who has almost no relation to these guys, and he's just baffled by everything happening around him. It's hilarious. <laughs> like the, the the descriptions, having the whole Metal Gear cast or you know large part of the Metal Gear cast in Smash Brothers commenting on Nintendo characters. It's just amazing. Whereas with Capality and his guidances, it's you know also great. Uh, there's some really clever uh, sequences in there, but you know we also had. We also had a taste of that in Kid Icarus Uprising itself. So, Snake's Codex were fresher. Uh, I think they're a little bit funnier overall. Um, and, yeah, I think I, I just got to give them the edge. Like, it, it, especially also for its time. Like, that that whole thing was amazing. Like, that it existed. Whereas Palutena's Guidance is, you know, it's kind of hard to follow up on, on the Codex sequences. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I agree with you. The the Palutena's guidances felt like they were filling in for the Codex with Smash for Wii U. Mm-hmm. Like, Snake's not back, so we've got to do something else. Um, and yeah, because it's a Nintendo IP, it just it doesn't feel as special as, as Snake's. And um, they're, they're still really well written, but um, just like hearing Snake want to eat Yoshi, that's just... <laughs> <laughs> you just can't beat that. So yeah, I agree. So the Codex are my favorite, too. Yeah, having Snake comment is like... Mei Ling, Samus took her clothes off. Like that just kills me right, every time. Yeah, it's so great. Like it has it has an edge to it that uh, that um, Palutena's guidance doesn't quite have. It does at points. It has it has a couple of uh, pretty good lines in there. But Snakes, yeah, it has it has more of that teen or that teen rating edge, I should say, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because Brawl was a teen rated game. So that is true. I will sure. say though that I'm I'm going to be the odd man out and say I think I still prefer Palutena's guidances. I like these characters. I like how silly they can get. I like how they rib on each other in a lot of ways, and like I like that aspect of just giving each other crap. And uh, Snake is more just he he always has like even his own games. He's just clueless about everything. Like tell me about this. Tell me about this. And that's how the codecs are going on. And it's fun. It's fun in that aspect for. Um, you know, Smash and, and Brawl specifically with with all of those, but I do. Th- it's very close, but I do have to give the slight edge to Palatina's guidance. It's just because I like how that snarkiness aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the uprising cast is great, and it's not even the uprising cast actually. They they replaced Palatina um, in Smash Wii U because the the original Palatina was voiced by the same actress who does Lightning in Final Fantasy Thirteen. Oh, really? And they found uh, another actress that sounds similar, but she's not the same. So I think Pitt's the only guy that they kept for the actual Smash cast. 
but they, they still sound great though like they're really mm-hmm. great um, actors and they're really the actual dialogue is really colourful um, but yeah I, I still prefer Snakes <laughs> it's just more grittier <laughs> yeah that's more, it exactly yeah. it's just really fun so both are good I agree but yeah Snakes it's hard to top mm-hmm. <laughs> for me <laughs> uh, so I guess well, that brings us to the other question though sorry of uh of what would we like to see for a third version of these? Um, they mentioned uh, Callie Marie. Uh, you could also throw in um, Pearl and uh, uh, Marie, uh, Marina. Yeah, Marie? Marina. Mar- yeah, Marina. You guys, been well since I played Splatoon too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think those would be great. Uh, I do think the lack of actual voice acting though would would be a slight detriment to them compared to the other two. So I'm trying to think if there's any other conversations that could work besides Splatoon. Do you guys have any ideas? I've got one. Um, like, what if on, on a Pokemon stage you play as Pokemon trainer and you sort of mash the taunt button and then you have like a Pokedex come up and then the trainer goes like, "Whoa, who's that guy?" and then it just says like, "That's that's Pit, the Angel type fighter," and just like, does like a big description of it. It's it probably wouldn't be as fun, but um, yeah, Pokedexes are just big encyclopedias, so being able to just give you details in each fighter, I think that would kind of work. I kind of like that yeah. idea. I do too. I think they can even maybe even play up the Pokedex angle, like have it be an actual AI type thing they can converse with, which I guess they, they've kind of had with um, is it what's that that living Pokedex thing oh, in the um, new games? Right. Oh, Ro- um, Rodom Dex, yeah. Rodom, but even yeah, in the original it. anime, they they had that voice come out of the Pokedex that gave it. Yeah, I guess they actually would talk back and forth with Ash, wouldn't it? No, or they would no. reply to him in real time. It, it, I think it did, like, it would reply to questions he asked, as I recall. Yeah, you could ask questions of it, but it wouldn't be a conversation in the same way. Like, it wasn't a character in the same way as Rotom, mm-hmm. for example. Right, so they, that's what I'm saying. They could lean into that angle, and that could be mm-hmm. pretty funny, so... Maybe. Yeah. Rotom was well, not exactly... Uh, Rotom was pretty annoying in, uh, in Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon, so you're just giving me kind of PTSD with that. I was like, oh no, no, don't let him talk anymore, please. <laughs> you know what's even better, though? If Banjo's in, then I think, you think you know where I'm going. Just have some Banjo dialogue. Oh, God. Just have like, every, oh. character, every line If you're okay with that, Andre, but yes. you don't want this Splatoon dialogue, you're a hypocrite. No, I'm not a hypocrite. Banjo's amazing. <laughs> and as as John is saying, if they bring in uh, Gruntilda, they can, have, they can have the rhyming thing for every character, which would be fantastic. So, no, I'm not a hypocrite. I'm just, I mean, I'm saying, I, first off, I also I do want Kelly Marie. I'm just saying compared to the other two, it wouldn't be as much or quite as cool. Uh-huh. And while that would technically be true for Banjo, it's, it's freaking Banjo. So he gets away with whatever he wants. My patience so. for the Banjo dialogue is a lot less than the Splatoon dialogue. <laughs> oh, man, it was so clever. Oh, no, like, no. The, the dialogue ban- the itself is good. It's the noises. <laughs> I can see that. that, I, I, that <laughs> that's a pretty great impression. Yeah. For whatever reason, that actually never bothered me. Um, neither did Navi in uh, Ocarina of Time. So I'm yeah, it, was weird. Didn't, it didn't bother me either. Though the, the voices in Ukulele bother me though. Yeah, it feels like they're playing. It yes, out. yes, I agree. Yeah. Like it, the it, the it just didn't flow. It, I, I, it's hard to explain what exactly they got wrong with it, but it just didn't flow nearly as well. They were just more obnoxious sound effects, I think maybe. Yeah. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh... Not sure about that one, but I'm trying to think of other possibilities in there, and I'm not. I, I mean, I guess you could also have um, Bayonetta and Rodan. Like Rodan gives tips yeah, and stuff, so cool. having Rodan chip in about this and that kind of harder edge that would be kind of fun. Mm. I guess he could always like detail the weapon the fighter uses, but not every fighter uses a weapon. Though I guess that's kind of the problem there. How insane would it be if that actually were in the game right now and just no one's found it yet? <laughs> oh, we, we gotta check yeah, right exactly. now, right? 
Nobody thought to. <laughs> yeah, I guess it has been data mines, so and that probably would have been stumbled upon if uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's a good point. But I'm trying to think of any others, and nothing's immediately coming to mind. Oh, well, part of the mm-hmm. part of the problem is not too many Nintendo characters really converse, you know, in dialogue, yeah. right? So mm, good point. Samus? Um, like, <laughs> you have Samus yeah. doing these boring monologues for every single oh, character. Yeah, they can have Adam mansplain everyone to it. <laughs> oh, God. Samus... <laughs> That'd be awful. <laughs> yep, it would be. Oh, boy. That was a fun question. Yep, yeah, it was. So, I guess uh, I will go next. Uh, this one comes from Henry uh, Richard, I think his name is. Uh, it's the Richard with an E at the end. So I think it's some shard. But anyway, hey, GX crew, I absolutely love what y'all do, and I'm excited to see GX in a post-Smash release world. My question to y'all is if you could see one major Nintendo IP completely shift genres, what IP and what genre would it be? Would it be RPG, shooter, etc.? Personally, I'd like to see Super Smash Bros. game in an RPG style. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with and keep up the great work. Well, it's funny because we were just kind of talking about this kind of recently with, in regards to Kirby, but absolutely, I want a Kirby RPG. I think that'd be a mm-hmm. lot of fun, uh, just with all the different characters and a dream, current dream friends and the different powers, exploring the world of Dream Dreamland in a more complete setting. You could go to different worlds, uh, thanks to the Warp Star, and they could really make it epic, and my god, I'm just trying to imagine what they would do for a final boss slash music, and it'd be amazing. <laughs> yeah. Kirby games can get really dark, and I want to see like this really dark dialogue, but Kirby's just like, happy the whole time. Exactly. <laughs> it's like... So will Kirby talk? He says Poyo. Oh, no, Kirby won't talk. Everyone's talking like dark around him, but Kirby's just smiling all the way through. Yeah. He'll say Poyo, and he'll oh, react god. just like in the, the anime, but I'm down for that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they could. I mean, I guess a Mario RPG. Mario never talked. He just uh, acted out scenes or dialogue. Mm-hmm. So they could do the same thing with Kirby. Have Ribbon return and have her be the like translation aspect, kind of like Starlo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So would would Kirby be able to inhale enemies and then use their abilities, or would he sort of like purchase abilities that he can inhale beforehand? How would, how would that all work? I would say maybe it'd be like the more you eat a certain enemy, the more of their abilities you get, and you'll knock better and better attacks the more you eat them. That hmm. could work. Yeah. Sort of like incentivizes you to keep battling, I guess. Mm-hmm. Like, I think what they could do is, I mean, I feel like they would have to have the uh, inhale mechanic like one of his key moves. Like it's not, in a, it's not like a an ability in a menu. It's like one of his main abilities, like the hammer in, or like the hammer jump in Paper Mario or something. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and I think he could use it on, you know, whenever he wants during battle. I think also maybe uh, a way, but I think you have to have an inhaling mechanic for it. You know, I think you need that in the game. Um, but you also need his him being able to use other abilities outside of that too, I think, to make for more interesting battles. So maybe you can collect one-time use items, kind of like how in the Kirby games you can occasionally find the the immediate power-ups the power that give you that ability before like a boss fight, for instance. So maybe they could be these collectible type things they can only use once, you know, like that you that they're an inventory you use up. Um, mm-hmm. That way you can't like stockpile them or always count on having it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In- inhaling could work in a lot of ways, actually. Like, if you, you don't have to use their ability. If you, if you inhale someone and then just propel them back another enemy, so that way, like you're that you're using up their turn and also propelling it to like damage another uh, enemy at the, at the same oh, time. Oh, that's a great mm-hmm. idea! Yeah, so have the balance between whether you swallow them or just deal the damage. Yeah. Oh, that could be really interesting. Hmm. Why haven't they done this? That is a good <laughs> right? question. Like, <laughs> I think it's so, so perfect. 
I know, man, that needs to happen. Uh, <laughs> would they? Do you think they would go for a, or do you think it would have to be like a more um, action focused <laughs> RPG, whether in the style of uh, Mario RPG or or Paper Mario, um, or something purely turn based? I think more action or... focus would be good. Yeah. yeah, I think still turn based, but maybe have like the the Paper Mario kind of like um, timings, mm-hmm. like, make it a bit more interactive, I guess. You know what I want, speaking of timings? Actually, that would be great if you could actually time your attacks in the... Maybe... What about, like, in the Mario Luigi type thing, where you could maybe fly to dodge attacks, for instance? Uh, yeah. Maybe. I mean, there's... Like a more... Like a more, um... Uh, incremental, like, jump from Mario and Luigi, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of possibilities there. <laughs> uh, so, speaking yeah. of the timing, John, uh, what if you could... Well, like, while you're just sitting there waiting for the opponent to attack... What if you could just sit there and dance to the music by tapping a button just idly in order to power up your next attack? <laughs> oh, I'd love that. Wouldn't that be great? So oh, that'd be so good. I hope Alpha Dreams do this rather than another Mario and Luigi game. I'd get <laughs> Please. Them on this right now. <laughs> yeah, like, oh man, with the jumping thing, like, or the flying thing, I'm digging this idea now, so. And there's so many ways they could have little mini games because, like, okay, here's the return of Kirby Pinball, here's the return of Kirby Golf, here's the, like, add in those other oh, ones. Yeah. Like other uh, side games that Kirby's had over the years, and just make those little mini games and progress forward, and just or just as extras. There'd be so much they could do, and be great. That'd yeah. be so cool. Yeah, it would be. I want it. <sighs> um, I can't think of many more because think Kirby Kirby RPG is basically the the pinnacle of this. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Splatoon is one. Splatoon is you can do so many spinoffs in the Splatoon universe, and so far we've only had a shooter. Um, the one that comes to mind first is a rhythm game because Splatoon is obviously all about well not all about music but music is a big part of Splatoon so um, and there's even like a, a little rhythm mini game in Splatoon 2 but you don't really do anything like you, just, you, you can press buttons to songs but you don't really get anything for it mm-hmm. um, so it's sort of like elaborating on that concept I think could really work you, but, um, you know it would be really fun if you know how Callie Marie sort of like dropped off the face and off the hook became the big new things thanks to Splatoon 2 what if you had a, uh-huh. uh, like a, a spinoff that was sort of a pseudo sequel to Splatoon 2 where it's Callie Marie trying to make their comeback and it's it becomes this whole oh. battle of the bands type thing where you're playing like <laughs> playing them and going through the different Splatoon music and new Splatoon music and having this really fun rhythm game style thing That'd be really cool. And like, you can introduce other bands in there too and have all these other rivals that you go up against. Oh, I've got it. What if, yeah, like, w- what if you were actually performing during Splatfest and you saw the Splatfest happening in the background and the music you played was specifically like one, like, you know, supported either one of the teams. And so you could see in real time the effect your performance is having on the, on the performance of that team. The better oh. you perform, the better the team does in the background. That'd be yes, great. Yes, that's how you do the like, um, That's awesome. What's the what's the cat called in Splatoon? Uh, Judd. Um, Judge. You can have, yeah, yeah you, you have like a meter just in the background of Judd, and um, you just have that 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 um, their team and the other team just sort of going back and forth the entire time, and uh, you just sort of have to get it into the into your zone at the very end. God, like, that would be so good. Game really, but there's there's so much you can do with the aesthetics of Splatoon though. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it'd be like really bright in your face. Oh man, this needs to happen now. Forget Splatoon. I want this game. <laughs> <laughs> Splatoons and the T U N E N E S. Oh my God! Oh, yes. Yes. yes, yes. All right, this has to happen now. <laughs> Jesus! Oh, this is too perfect. Uh, I love it. Take our ideas. Go on, just awesome. take them. <laughs> yeah, please, just make them. That's all we need. 
<laughs> All right. Well, I guess for uh, my idea, I, this is something I posted on Twitter a little while ago, but I think I've developed it a little bit farther. What I want is, this is going to, you're going to stick with me on this, a Pikmin tower defense game. Now, I don't hmm. like tower defense games that much. I enjoyed uh, uh, Dylan's Rolling Western, for instance, and some Plants vs. Zombies. Otherwise, I'm kind of, you know, I haven't really gotten too much into them. But I think Pikmin could really work. Because when I say Pikmin Tower Defense, I mean in the style of, like, how Pikmin is a real-time strategy game. Which is to say, it really isn't. Um, so I would love if they had, like, if Pikmin worked kind of like how it did now, where you, you know, spend your time, you know, uh, in this case, you, you would spend the day gathering resources using the Pikmin you've grown. Uh, but this time, instead of taking off at night, uh, you have to like you have to bunker down. You have to protect your home base. Your your ship no longer works, so you have to uh, you have to protect it. You know by building up your resources during the day to fend off the enemies at night. And it would be a completely real time thing, um, where you still run around your camp at night, you know, trying to fend off the enemies. You can have like new Pikmin types that are like little archers or whatever. <laughs> um, they can shoot. I don't know what they shoot. Little flaming balls, maybe. Flaming balls uh, or like maybe needles that you gather from like like spiny plants or something yeah. like that. Uh, there you go. Yes. Like, Yeah, that'd be great. I mean, you can even, maybe the enemies you take out at night, you can collect their corpses in the morning and use their body parts as weapons. <laughs> I really <laughs> like, like this idea, that way. actually. Like, right? The, like, the whole idea of, like, your ship's busted, you need to wait for rescue, but so you can't leave the planet, so you're just stuck mm. on yeah. there trying to survive. Because that's been yeah. the thing we've never really seen in Pikmin. Like, the night's always... Like, the night looks like the more interesting part to me. It's like, no, I want to stay on the planet. Like, all the, all the enemies are coming out now. I want to go battle them. So, oh, man. that could be interesting. This, this still sounds like Pikmin. Like, it, it doesn't sound like you're, re- like, you're not necessarily reinventing the franchise. It still sounds right. like the core Pikmin game, just with a, with a new hook on it. I, I, I really dig it. Like, this sounds great. Um, it could even be incorporated into the actual mainline Pikmin game. Really, yeah. You're right. Like you just had, like, the, the night parts become this survival um, thing because Pikmin is kind of a survival game. That's that's sort of the point. You're you're on this alien planet and you're trying to survive and escape. Um, so play that play up play up that aspect. That could work really really well. Oh man, yeah. Maybe the way they could justify it uh, narratively is like maybe you're you know you're out of fuel, right? So you have to find enough fuel during the day before you can take off to the next region to find you know some other ship part you need. So you can't leave the planet to find all the ship parts, uh, but you have a very limited amount of fuel to do so. So that can kind of you know explain why you can't you know, hop around or why you can't just leave the planet, mm. right? So it'd be really cool too if you like as you found like the treasures from the original game, like all those uh not even the original game, but uh from the second game I guess, all those little things that you were getting from money, maybe you can find stuff like that and use it to build up your home base and be better prepared at night as you go along as more and more crazy monsters show up and when you finally like find that part that you're talking about the you know the actual part that you need in order to uh get your ship rebuilt uh that's when you can move on to the next area and it just the enemies get harder and harder but you're able to transport your base and try to get it better and better and i i I like the prog progression here like there's a lot of potential Uh uh-huh I also think it makes you care about your Pikmin more because it, it does hurt in Pikmin games when, when a bunch of your Pikmin are just eaten but <laughs> you, you can always just go and get more um, whereas if, you're, if you can only gather during the day um, that, that raises the stakes a lot right oh yeah gosh, exactly man. because you're, you're limited by what you found during the daytime so I think it could be a really interesting yeah it's a really interesting take on what we've seen so far yeah man I want Absolutely. all three of our games <laughs> I know yeah same dang <laughs> Why aren't we making games again? Yeah, that's a good... <laughs> using, using IP, we don't have the rights to. <laughs> we don't have the rights, and we are not. We don't know how to develop. <laughs> we can give ideas. Yeah, there's, that, so, there's that back, too. It's, yeah, no, we'll I send, mean... Um, we'll send Bill Trennan a link to this podcast. <laughs> there you go. Dude. Oh, goodness. Man, that was fun. 
That was fun. Yeah. All right, I guess I'll do my question. So mine comes from Aquablast, and he says, Hey, Game Explain, Microsoft announced this year that they're going to acquire Ninja Theory, Playground Games, Undead Labs, Compulsion Games, Obsidian Entertainment, and In... Is that In... In Exile. In, in, I can't I don't know. Entertainment. Um, how do you guys feel about Microsoft acquiring these game studios? Also, do you think... Do you feel Nintendo should consider acquiring a few game studios of their own? If so, what companies do you think Nintendo should acquire? Thank you, guys, and keep up the great work. Rare. So, um, <laughs> I... We'll, we'll get into that in just a sec, but yeah, totally rare. Um... I, I think it's a good thing Microsoft are acquiring studios. And it, it does suck if you're a fan of Obsidian and you only own a PlayStation 4, because that probably means you, you're not going to get those Obsidian games anymore. But Microsoft need it. Um, like mm. the, the, the Xbox One was a very different product when it launched to what it is now, and that's because Phil Spencer sort of turned the entire ship around. But he's still working on a product that he didn't really make. You, you can feel um, the roots of Xbox One are they're still in there. And when Xbox One came out, it was an expensive console with a with a Kinect that was required. Uh, it didn't really have any exclusive games, and uh, they've turned it around really well. But it is still the Xbox One, so it feels like they're they're building up towards a better future. And I think the next Xbox is going to be really interesting, mostly because they have all these new studios now. They can actually um, have some worthwhile first party games beyond you know the usual right. what three. <laughs> Yeah, Halo, yeah. Gears of War, and, <laughs> and even, even those were questionable during Xbox One. Yeah, like Halo Five right. is an all-time low for the series, in my opinion. Um, and it feels like the next Halo that it, it, I mean, we haven't really seen it, but from what they showed, it looks promising. It does. Um, so yeah, I think I think Microsoft acquiring all these studios is a good thing, and um, studios like Ninja Theory as well. They're they're not necessarily the biggest studio out there, but they're going to make some really good games though. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm all for this. But yeah, how do you guys feel about all these acquisitions? I I I agree with you. Um I think I think it probably is a good thing. Uh Microsoft I think does need more games. Like I used to be a really big Xbox fan. I had the Xbox the original Xbox and and the 360. I thought both were great platforms, but they have been dropping the ball recently. Uh partially you know partially because they just haven't been getting those great big exclusives that they need and the ones that they do have just haven't been that exciting recently or possibly even that good (laughs) or canceled exactly right so yeah um so on the one hand like it kind of sucks in that these are games now that may not be coming to other platforms on the other hand microsoft does need them and they might be able to give these games like a you know a larger budget than they might have otherwise and it could lead to more exciting to possibly more exciting games it's hard to say for sure how things are going to shake out of course but yeah i think ultimately it's it's definitely a good thing for microsoft and um, I, because people like Microsoft really needs people, really needs people or for people to be excited for Xbox again. Um, and that's you know, and I am looking forward to what they do the next generation, uh, because you know they've been the underdog. They know they're the underdog, and they have to deliver big time in order to win back the my, the market share and mind share. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, competition is always a good thing in the gaming space. Like getting the like when Sony becomes complacent and they think they're in the, they're the best that's when they start making mistakes it's when they're hungry that they that we get good stuff out of them and i i've definitely started seeing the signs of Sony being going back reverting to their PlayStation 2 into PlayStation 3 era where they just yeah. uh, like you can see that with their stance on crossplay like they they thought they could just say no to it and it's backfired. Like now, you can play Fortnite with anyone now, mm. but they, it took a while. It took a while for them to actually listen to people. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's one of those things of the, like you got to have that competition, or else these guys get complacent and then they're just not as good. So hopefully, 
this leads to some great games. And you know what? I've never bought an, aux- an Xbox console in my life, but if they can come out with some games that I feel like I really want to play and get one, that's awesome. Like, I'm totally down for it. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against the Xbox. It just never interested me before in any significant way that I felt like I needed to get the system over another or in addition to another, I felt like I was able to just get what I needed out of it. Uh, and as far as these games that we're missing out on, um, I have to see what they come up with for it first, because I don't really play a lot of the games from any of these studios, honestly. I've never really... Like, I know they make some good stuff, but I just never pick them up. So if they can get those budgets, as Andre said, and see what they can do, I think there's there's potential here. Yeah. And you know, they also have Rare as well. As, as Andre said, because um, the, the other part of the question was what studio should Nintendo acquire? And um, it does feel like Microsoft have not gotten the most out of Rare that they could. Mm. <laughs> That's setting it short. Um, they, Rare made the avatars, I guess, and the avatars were a, a big seller for you know, the Xbox 360, but um, <laughs> since then, Rare have not really done a whole lot. <laughs> and, well, I, I guess Sea of Thieves. Is it, was, was Sea of Thieves successful? Or I mean, I, I guess it, it feels like it kind of was. It but came and went is what it felt like. Because everybody yeah. talked about it for a little bit, and then it was gone. Yeah. I, I guess there's also the question, is the Rare that we have today the same Rare that we had, like, 10 year, 20 years ago? No. It, yeah. it would be purely for the for the IPs. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Pretty those, much. Those IPs could go to better use. I don't think Nintendo will ever buy Rare again, so... Um, and I don't think Microsoft will even sell them, so I don't think it's a legit thing. Yeah. Um, but that would be amazing if they did, because man, I, I would kill for another new banjo. I mean, any number of rares RPGs. Oh man, if they even, just like, started, Gemini. If they just started doing what uh, Activision has been doing with Crash and Spyro with the old end with the old rare IPs, just get another studio to come in and update them and like have yeah. HD remasters. People would be super excited for that. You'd probably buy an Xbox yeah. One just to get that sort of thing, Andre. Like, if you saw <laughs> no, a no, Spyro or Crash Caliber remake of the original Banjo Kazooie and maybe even Tui, just include them in a two pack, you'd be all over that. Mm-hmm. I've got it. You know what? I know who I want Nintendo to buy who? Sega. <laughs> <laughs> and then they technically also own Persona as a first party. Oh my god, that's true. That'd be weird. Uh, as because Sega has Sega also has so many IPs that have been neglected over the years, mm-hmm. um, including Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I mean, Nintendo has their uh, own fair like Crazy share. Taxi. Sorry, Nintendo what? Nintendo has their own fair share. I'm still like, where's F Zero? Where's Golden Sun? Well, and that's another reason. Another reason to buy Sega. Yeah, yeah, Sega has more. And Sega can make F Zero. Yeah, Sega made F Zero GX. So, just make Sega into like the permanent F Zero developer. There we go. Monkey Ball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What What happened to Monkey Ball? Yeah. I mean, uh, the Wii not game only has it disappeared. It wasn't very good. <laughs> yeah, but then it just kept getting worse and worse. Mm-hmm. And like, the, the, not only did it get worse and worse, but they took like prior games like Monkey Target and just ruined them. Like, m- the current Monkey Target is nothing like the GameCube one. Um, it's just not fun anymore. What happened to that franchise? I have no idea. It's unfortunate, but yeah, we get Crazy Taxi, Skies of Arcadia. There's a lot of great stuff that we get from yeah. A, 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 Skies would be so Sega, cool, but I don't think it's, it's ever going to happen. Um, do you yeah. think that Nintendo? I mean, would... Sega are big. Um, they're, they're big in the mobile space too. I, they, 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 I wonder. I wonder how much they're worth. But uh, yeah, Nintendo probably could do it, but whether they would is the question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. You, Nintendo seems quite content to just usually stick with second party. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, that's another, you know, I mean, they, I mean, I guess if there were to buy one, it'd be fun if they bought one that they've already worked with, such as Next Level Games. Yeah. Lockdown Next um, Level Games. Done, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Do they need to, though? Like, Next Level Games seem per- like perfectly happy just to develop Nintendo games and not <laughs> true. go anywhere. Yeah. So what do you... I guess not. <laughs> so what do you guys think? Yeah, I, don't they... think I don't think buying them would change anything, because they'll still not. be developing Luigi's Mansion every now and um, then. I mean, if anything, buying studios hasn't necessarily worked out in Nintendo's favor before. Like, Rare fell apart, yeah, obviously. And then, um, uh, what's another one I'm thinking of? Well, I guess Retro... Well, we don't know what's happening with Retro right now, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, there's no studio... For a while. Uh, next level game or not next level um left field games i think they also used to own or at least own part of i believe and they used to make sports games for nintendo and uh i forget what happened to them i don't think they exist anymore so yeah i'm not sure uh, i i feel like um third parties are very happy to work with nintendo ip like if you look at all those all those warriors game like Hero warriors and fire emblem warriors i think even nintendo went up to um Tecmo and just sort of said like please can you make a Pikmin Warriors? They'll just go, yeah, okay. And I feel like any, any kind of studio would just be happy to make a Nintendo game. Yeah. Yeah, that makes True. sense. <laughs> just to throw it out there, is actually buying a studio. What do you think if they bought Platonic? <laughs> I think hmm. Platonic needs um, better direction. Like They, they clearly yeah. have talent. But um, yeah, I think if, they, if Nintendo bought Platonic, I think you can get some really great games out of them. Potentially. Yeah, but... I think so. I just, I, yeah, I don't think they're big enough, though, for it no, to be no. on Nintendo's radar, <laughs> even uh-huh. theoretically. So, yeah. and they don't have any, like, really strong IP of their own either. So, I wouldn't see much benefit for Nintendo buying Not them. really, no, but it's just yeah. one of those things. If you want those rare developers, I think if they buy rare and play tonic, <laughs> <That's true>. boom. <laughs> <laughs> there Perfect. you go. Like yeah, that, that is kind of the thing with buying studios. Like, I come back to the point of, like, do they need to buy them? Because, mm-hmm. well, Sheenan, um, who make, like, uh, Fast Racing Neo and um, and games like Nano Assault, like, they, they're really talented, but they're also, like, a four-man team. Um, and they, they sort of thrive off that, that being independent. So if Nintendo bought them, they would kind of defeat that entire purpose. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure, like, a lot of studios just don't need to be bought, because Sheenan will keep making Nintendo games. They're not going to stop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, I that's the thing. I can't see Nintendo buying developers like this, and I don't necessarily think they need to. Mm-hmm. Like even Game Freak aren't owned by Nintendo. They made was it Tembo the Badass Elephant or something? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's right. And yeah, so who knows? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, do Nintendo own Grezzo, or are they also a third party? I'm not sure on that one. Uh I think they are. Man, that's a they good might one. be I a second party. Yeah, Maybe. they might be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because that's another studio that um, you don't hear about too often, but they're pretty much Nintendo exclusive, um, from what I can tell. Well, they did uh, the Ocarina and Majora's Mask remakes. They did. Uh, oh, Ever Oasis. They did. Uh, yeah. Didn't they? Were they the ones that did the Luigi's Mansion remake on? Uh, I think so. 3DS. So yeah, they're yeah, still quite active. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah, we'll see what happens, but I'm I'm not expecting Nintendo to go on a buying spree all of a sudden. They they tend no, to be pretty fiscally, to. fiscally conservative. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that and the, the big point of Nintendo is first party software, and that's where Microsoft need to work on. So it makes sense for Microsoft to go out and acquire all these studios, but Nintendo not so much. Yeah, that that's more if they want to lock down something in particular. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. 
All right. Well, I think that takes care of episode 125 of the Game Explained Real Talk podcast. And uh, thank you guys, as always, so much for listening. And hopefully, now that the uh, Smash discussions are over, we'll be able to be more consistent with these and have all of us on here. No Ash, of course, this time, mainly because he was exhausted from recording all the classic modes, so he needed to sleep, plus a Smash party <laughs> soon after. So, yeah, he was just kind of done for. Like, I think he only just now woke up, and for reference, it's like... Uh, almost 2 o'clock his time. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, thank you guys so much for li- thank you so much for listening. And, of course, be sure to, uh, if you enjoyed this, be sure to uh, support us on Patreon, just $1 a month to get these podcasts three days early, as well as access to our VIP room in the Discord. And we'll see you next week for episode 126. Till then, bye.